you are a returning subscriber. Alright, here we have a new video and just because we want to try something new, I'm going to watch it with you and I'll react to it. You already know the Kevin John, otherwise, welcome. Our job here is to help you set and reach your ambitious goals. And one way we can do so is by, you know, videos like that. And so I'm super thrilled that we have William on. William worked at PwC in transfer pricing, then transferred to EY management. Transfer pricing, transferred. Consulting. Last thing, if you enjoyed the video, please, you know, support it, share it, comment, at least leave a like, man. At at least, I mean, this one thing you can do, huh? At least a like and subscribe to this channel. So let's jump right into it without further ado. Let's bye bye. What does transfer pricing and PwC do? Let's start off with what is transfer pricing. So, transfer pricing is basically testing the intercompany pricing arrangements between a parent company and its subsidiary. Wait, 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 wait. So, first of all, my man uh, looks looks super friendly, super nice guy. Thank you for you know doing this with us. Uh, also has a very typical Singaporean Malaysian accent. I love it. Let's go on. So put it this way: uh, let's say uh, there's a firm. Let's just call it Tesla. Uh, Tesla is popular lately. So Tesla, they will have okay, subsidiaries yeah. under it, which are not listed uh, like private subsidiaries. So in between this parent company and the subsidiary, there will be transactions. So let's say uh, there's like finance uh, loans or whatnot. So um, when Tesla gives a loan to the subsidiary at a lower rate than what it will give to a third party, we will then consider it as not at arm's length, which is not fair. Why would you give it, give your other subsidiary a loan that you won't give to a third party? This is not, in some sense, not ethical, not fair. So that is what transfer pricing does. We test whether each pricing arrangement uh, fair or at arm's length, that's what the term should call it, yeah. So checking if things are at arm's length, ah, okay, here we explain it. But in layman terms, we... So, ALP, see, I didn't even know that. Uh, arms, arm's length principle is, is you know, shortened ALP, um, and um, basically, what does it say? Is the condition or the fact that the parties of a transaction are independent and on an equal footing and in his case that means you know you're not going to do deals between your company and your subsidiary that you're not going to do with your company and any other company you know so things need to be put into perspective you can't just basically it's I mean it's cheating right he tries to prevent cheating let's just face the facts just say it's fairer yeah but fairer uh... it needs to be fairer and um, that's important, okay? Um, that is the compliance side of transfer pricing. In terms of advisory side of transfer pricing, sometimes in certain case, we advise our client how to do their certain pricing arrangements so that their arrangements can be at arm's length, such as uh, arranging their costs, arranging their resources, like restructuring their organizational structure, and the list goes on. So. There are elements of advisory in transfer pricing, but just at a very surface level. But I would say it's quite a decent uh, career path to go into if you think that you want to specialize in something. So people who specialize in transfer pricing in Malaysia often have opportunities to go overseas. That's what I noticed. Like, like a lot of my previous colleagues, they actually went to Singapore 
because uh, transfer pricing is something that you can apply worldwide. It's not bounded by a tax regulation. It's something that you can utilize this skill set in every country, especially uh, the famous ones are Singapore, Melbourne, Australia. But yeah, I would say transfer pricing has given me opportunities in a lot of things. But uh, after that, the reason why it's not as uh, beneficial for some people because it is also too specialized. Uh, there are limited options where you can pursue other career paths. So once you are into transfer pricing, there's only tax-related stuff and transfer pricing jobs that you can apply to. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I left. Yeah. And I mean, okay, I didn't know about the fact that it is uh, it is so international, but it makes sense, right? You can apply transfer pricing principles, obviously, not only in Singapore, but also uh, in the European Union or in the US or wherever, right? Uh, nevertheless, I think there are differences in terms of, you know, uh, small details in the regulations, but probably, you know, you can overcome those. But man, I mean, the topic itself, to me, I don't think I would find it as interesting that I would decide to kind of go down that rabbit hole and do that my whole life. So completely salute uh, my, my friend here for making the decision to, to switch afterwards. I'm just going to start from PwC first. Now... Uh, the question is, are we going to hear some numbers? In PwC. terms of entry level, entry. salary is quite standard in terms standard. of big four in Malaysia. So it's, I think, similar for all departments except for audit. Audit is a bit lower, but I'm not going to specify the number. Ah. Consulting is slightly higher for other firms, but I think for PwC it's standard, standardized. Unless okay. you're in its strategy end, that's I might need to give the numbers. Different, that's like a special strategy department for, I think they pay higher. Yeah, yeah but they don't. Definitely. I mean, strategy end is a totally different, uh, totally different ball game. Uh, and it is, uh, they, they are definitely paying high, much higher salaries than you would get at PwC, for example. Don't really hire fresh grads. But as a fresh grad coming into a big four firm in Malaysia, the salary is quite standardized. Yeah. But upon moving to EY, I realized EY has a slightly higher pay, but then the benefits are lower. So I would say it's more or less still similar. Yeah, yeah it's just it a the the matter of how they give it to you. Yeah. So salary-wise, it's similar across all big fours. Lah. I cannot attest for KPMG. I know about the salary in Deloitte, EY, and uh, PwC, that's all. So the increment is quite similar. So once you join in, I think every so, I mean, okay, Deloitte, PwC, EY, KPMG, those, like, there's literally no difference whatsoever. You know, the differences are really, really in the details and don't even matter. Um, <clears throat> in terms of entry levels, at least, you know, what I know from, from the EU, it's, uh, it's really not, I mean, it's really not super attractive, right? If we really talk about entry level um, salaries, it's, uh, you know, in the 40, 50k euro range. And, uh, and, that, and that's, you know, and that's on the upper end for entry level. So if we talk, I, I, I'm not sure about, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, uh, what it is like over there in the local currency. But uh, to be honest, it's like the big four pay pretty low. 
even more so at the beginning. Then of course, once you get to partner level, they pay really, really well, you know, because these firms, they have money um, and they are willing to spend it if they can get like nice partners on board uh, from other big consulting firms. They're willing to pay them really, really decent salaries. And I know a couple of, you know, a couple of uh, people from my firm that switched because they like they made them an offer they couldn't refuse. Three, uh, four. Once you go up, like from an associate to a senior, so the increment will be about let me think, twenty to thirty percent maybe. But from there, it will be quite standard, lah. I think it moves twenty percent, thirty percent. Bonus is usually. It depends on the company performance that year, but what, what uh, I would say is uh, it still depends on your performance as well. So can't really give an exact figure for that. But as you reach a director, the pay is decent, of course. But I'm not going to give the exact figure as well. Um, Man. Partner, you don't get paid. You get paid by the billing. What So once we've done transfer pricing, where can I go? Good exit option for management consulting in EY. Let me think. Usually ah, people go. No, now we switch to management consulting. Okay. So my friend here transferred from PWC, if we remember transfer pricing, to EY management consulting. So now here, are, here obviously, you know, the answer is about where can you go as an EY management consultant later on. Go to commercial companies. So after working with your client for a few years, the client likes you, then you have an opportunity to go to that firm. So um, that is something that people pursue. That is a more relaxed life where you only have one client and it's less uh, tedious. Uh, not tedious, less uh, hardcore, I would say. Yeah, that is something people uh, pursue after a few years working in a consulting firm. Various, um, I do see people going to IB as well because uh, if you are like, I'm in the management consultant in EY, but I'm specialized in finance. So in terms of finance, you might have more opportunity to go to IBs. But the kind of finance is a bit different. It's not really corporate finance. It's more of finance operating model. So there are differences, but I do see people moving to IB. So that those are like some as options that you can consider. Yeah, but mostly the general one I see is they move to commercial uh, commercial company or private companies or their clients. Yeah, yeah and um, what what we also see is, uh, okay, so obviously, I mean, when I was working in management consulting, I received a couple of offers from clients that I worked for to join them. So that definitely is true. Uh, IB also happens, although I would, you know, uh, agree with William, it doesn't happen too often, to be honest. Even if you are working, you know, in the in the finance-related consulting field, the work compared to what you do in, you know, the M&A, for example, uh, area of a IB is a bit different, to be honest. Um, uh, but what you also see is people jumping between firms, you know, especially for the big four. Some just jump to another firm, to another big four, or to a more specialized consulting firm. That does happen, I would say, even more often than jumping to investment banking so really the only thing left for oh, you to do now is first nice of all guy. leave a comment and tell me how you liked it give me some advice on who you want to see next on this channel and also watch the video typical day 
as a consultant at KPMG in Italy because this will complete your picture. It is directly related to this one and will give you some more valuable insights into how the big fours work. Bye bye, see you next time. Bye bye.